0: Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to another episode of the X Factor Sports Podcast. We are at the season two finale tonight. Thank you guys for all tuning in. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter, now known as X. Also, if you want to catch the audio, if you can't get the videos live, you can always catch the audio on. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. So thank you guys for tuning in. We got a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to get into some quick news for this season finale. Major League Baseball, we're still waiting to get the MVP and the Cy Young Award winners for the American and National League. They don't come out till tomorrow, which is okay. We still got big news in Major League Baseball. Shohei Ohtani. Shohei Otani did not re-sign with the Angels. He will become a free agent this offseason. Huge news for baseball. He is going to be probably the biggest free agent in baseball, probably since A-Rod Albert Pujols. He is looking to make, he's looking to, at 29 years old, Shohei Otani will probably get, Upwards of 10 years, $520 million at 29. So it's going to be a huge payday. I talked to some friends before this. I said he is probably going to be our first billion dollar baseball player. But he is due probably 10 years, 520 And it looks like the Dodgers are the front runners to get him. He stays in L.A., just moves over to the National League. And you put him in that rotation with Kershaw and those offensive players, Mookie Betts. In baseball, there's no salary cap, so you can build a team as, as best team's money can buy, pretty much. The Dodgers have been the Yankees in the West Coast in recent years. Shohei Ohtani will possibly be in addition to that. But yeah, 10 years, 520, Whew, nasty. So next year, if y'all remember, he got hurt during this season. So I have surgery, but it won't hinder him from still being a designated hitter. And now in the National League, they have DHs. So he can still bet. He just won't pitch this upcoming season. He won't pitch again until 2025 with this surgery. That is the value of Shohei Ohtani. The uniqueness of Shohei Ohtani, I should say, is that he is good enough to be a DH, can bat 300, give you 40 home runs, and has the possibility of being a Cy Young award winner on the mound. So because of that, He's still worth the 520 maybe even more, you ask me. But shohei will probably get every penny of it. It's all guaranteed money in Major League Baseball, no salary cap. So probably he'll end up with the Dodgers, and he'll just be a, a batter this 2024 season. 2025, he'll move over and be the dual threat he always has been. And he might be getting himself an award tomorrow, so y'all stay tuned and Watch out for that. i got a feeling he's going to be the American League MVP this year. All right. Now, on the college basketball. Last night, Champions Classic. It's been going on for 13 years. It's always the same four teams. You get KU. You get Duke. You get Kentucky, Michigan State. Last night, in this year's rotation, Duke played against Michigan State. In the first game of a doubleheader, Duke came out with the victory. They ended up beating Michigan State to hold on to having the most wins in this champion classic since it has started. They have eight wins, huge win for them, a bounce back game after losing to Arizona at home over the weekend. Freshman McDonald's All-American Caleb Foster went off, had his big, had a big game for him early in his college career, 18 points, went four for five from three, got hot in the second half. In the first half, Michigan State always comes out there. You already know their DNA, they're tough. They rebound, they play good defense, just took some adjustments. Shout out to John Shire making the adjustments against Tom Izzo, the legendary coach at Michigan State, and pulling out a double-digit win over the Spartans. In the second game of the doubleheader, the nightcap number one KU against a young Kentucky team. Kentucky's gonna be good. They played really good. They got a lot of energy, they're just young. They were up as many as 14 points in the first half on KU but experience beat youth you know kansas is has championship pedigree they still have guys on that team that won a national championship a couple of years ago they got seniors there dewan dewan harris had a career high 23 points hunter dickerson the transfer from michigan had a monster game 27 points 21 rebounds man amongst boys and it showed the experience showed in that game in the second half KU made all the right plays. They took care of the basketball, situational basketball. When you're playing against, the difference in college basketball a lot of times is the experience, especially when it's two good teams. You gotta look at it like this. KU has players on their team that have literally played over 100 college basketball games. Whereas the majority of Kentucky's team, this is like their third or fourth college game. <laughs> so playing on a big stage, is it's a lot different than playing AAU in a gym where there's a where there's 10 15 other courts and a bunch of people playing there's a big difference in playing in an arena everybody's watching you you're playing against grown men and ku was the antithesis of that last night beating the youth youth versus experience ku wins so congratulations to them they stay number one in the country but kentucky will be good this year watch out for them they got some good Young players. They got one of the top recruiting classes as well. On to the NBA. A lot of stuff happened last night in basketball, not just college. NBA was crazy. The Clippers are still winless without James Harden. If you've been following the X Factor Sports podcast, you probably caught a monologue where I talked about will James Harden hinder or will he help the Clippers? And It shows now that he's not really helping them out. They have not won a game with him since he's joined the team. They are 0-6 on the road this year. They look really, really bad. They're, They're close in games, but it's like when you got late game situational basketball, they don't know, do they play James Harden? Do they go with Westbrook? Who has the ball in their hand? Like, who are we going to? They're still trying to figure it out. Again, they're pros. High basketball IQ, high quality guys. But early on, it doesn't look good. I'm sure they'll figure it out, but looks a little, looks a little iffy early on. So they lose last night to the Nuggets in the game that they were winning most of the way, mind you, but they still lose. Warriors and Timberwolves. I don't know if y'all saw this game, so I'm going to take you back. Timberwolves have already beat the Warriors earlier this year, about a week ago. And Draymond Green, Anthony Edwards were chirping back and forth. Draymond always talking trash. At this point, Draymond, he just he reminds me of the dude at the park. He just hack you and and talk trash. That's all he do now. So anyway, he's talking to Anthony Edwards. The last time they played at the free throw line, then Anthony Edwards just proceeded to destroy the Warriors. Put up like thirty points on him. They couldn't stop him. He hitting everything from middies, threes, pull up jumpers, dunks, everything. They could not do nothing with him. Klay Thompson is past his prime. He can't really defend the elite offensive guys in the league and anthony edwards if you did not know is for sure one of these elite guys on the offensive end so talked a lot of trash and couldn't back it up and they lost fast forward to yesterday not even two minutes into the game draymond green gets ejected all right uh Jaden mcdaniel clay thompson they were kind of scuffling over rebound and the uh Timberwolves ended up getting the rebound. As they running down the court, Jay McDaniels pushes Clay, grabs on the Clay. They get physical, pulls on Clay's jersey. Rudy Gobert's trying to break it up. Draymond comes out of nowhere, literally puts Rudy Gobert in a chokehold. <laughs> so it turned into WWE. Like I said, not even two minutes into the game, the score was still 0 0. Steve Kerr out there looking like Jeff Van Gundy back in 99. Instead of hanging on to somebody's leg, he's hanging on to Draymond's back, trying to get him off Rudy Gobert. Obviously, Draymond gets ejected. Jaden McDaniel gets ejected. Klay Thompson got ejected. I don't know why he was getting pulled off, but he had to go. Rudy Gobert stayed in the game. And the Timberwolves end up beating the Warriors again. So it's just crazy. Like, the way the Warriors look this year, without Steph Curry, they look like a bunch of old guys that are trying to find ways to just be pest and figure out a way to win like Draymond has been suspended back-to-back games without Steph so I don't know what happens with these guys but that's what happened last night in the NBA Draymond gets exited early wanted to get to the showers I guess in college football over the weekend we had Michigan beat Penn State without Harbaugh serving his first of a three game Ban, they don't even call it a suspension. They literally call it a ban, Um, which is weird because I guess the terminology is weird. If you're suspended, you can't be around the team at all. Practices, media, whatever. If you're banned, I guess you can only, you can practice, you can still coach in practice, but you can't come to the games. I feel like a ban is the other one in the suspension. Like I feel like they got that mixed up. If you suspend it, yeah, you can go to the practices, do all this stuff. You just can't go to the games. But if you ban, you should be banned from everything. Weird, but that's the NCAA for it. So anyway, Michigan wins without Harbaugh. They still got Ohio State without Jim Harbaugh as well to cap off that three-game ban. Ban. So it'll be interesting to see how they play the rest of the way. But in that game, for all my football fans watching this, be sure to like, share, subscribe. Also follow live on TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. For all the football fans that know, Michigan ran the ball 32 straight times in a football game. If you run the ball 32 straight times in a game, you're, you're literally just imposing your will on the other team. You just telling the other team, we're better than you. Our line's better than yours. We're about to push you out of the way for the entire game. College football games average about 70 plays. They literally rush the ball for half of those plays consecutively. Like, what do you do as a coach on the other side? If you Penn State and a team, by the time the team gets to 10 straight rushes, like, what do you do, right? You got to be thinking like, damn, okay, they are dominating us at the line of scrimmage. We can't stop the run. You got to know they are running at some point. By the time he gets a 15 straight, you got to know they run. They ran 32 straight times. I'm not talking about throughout the course of the game. This was consecutive run plays. Obviously, they scored a touchdown, kick field goal, whatever, and then changed possessions. But when they got back on the field, they continued to run the football on Penn State. <laughs> McCarthy, the quarterback for J.J. McCarthy from Michigan, I think he threw the ball like eight times. Like his stats was real weird. It was like six for eight, 50 yards, something like that. So they dominated them and made a statement, I guess, without Jim Harbaugh on Saturday. Also, I told y'all last week when we talked about our power rankings and our football teams that we are excited about, I told y'all I'm going to give props to Mizzou when props are deserved. So congratulations again to Mizzou on Saturday. Beating a ranked team at home, Tennessee, number 14, or number 13 ranked Tennessee, while Mizzou was ranked 14. Blew them out, too. Game wasn't even close. Uh, Missouri dominated the game, only gave up a touchdown. So congratulations to Mizzou for winning that game. Holding it down for the SEC. They look great. I think they're 8-2. They're going to get a nice ball game if they can keep it going. So good to hear about the Mizzou Tigers being good in football again. It's been a while. Well, congrats to them. Before we get into our segments, we're going to give y'all the last monologue of the season. And y'all let me know what y'all think about it. Be sure to chat or comment live on the show. We like to interact with the fans as well. That's why we always bring these questions to y'all. But the question is this, how long are the Warriors going to put up with Draymond Green? All right? He is in year 12. He is 33 years old. I'm going to get into the antics, and then we'll get into the numbers. And y'all let me know if a franchise should be putting up with this guy or not. All right? 33 years old, right? So, like I alluded to in the quick takes, he's already been suspended back-to-back games this year. They played We're 11 games in. This dude's been not suspended, ejected. We're 11 games in, Draymond Green has been ejected from two games already, back to back. One one, lost one. The NBA allows 16 technical fouls before you are suspended for a game. Draymond Green averages 14 techs a season. Every season, he's damn near on pace to get suspended. The league allows 16 technical fouls. He averages 14, all right? Now for some stats for my analytic boys that like this. The average PER player efficiency rating in the NBA is 15. That's just an average guy, his player efficiency rating, what he brings to the table. Draymond for his career is below average in PER. So guys like Jokic, Giannis, their PERS are like 28, 29. LeBron in his prime, 29. Draymond Green has consistently, for his career, been below average, below 15 for a PER. His career averages are 8, 6, and 4. So like Charles Barkley told y'all, triple single. <laughs> like he has some good nights. He averages. he shoots below 40% from three, below 40% from the field for his career. So the question is, when it comes to any player in any sport, are the antics worth the production, right? When Draymond was younger, he could defend all five positions, rebound. He's a high IQ guy. So I'm not taking nothing away from his basketball acumen four titles. He would have been finals MVP in 2016, but it was his own doing. Again, antics. He got suspended in the finals. Who does that? And he is a, I mean, he is an integral part to their run, their dynasty. I get it. The players love him in the locker room. Obviously, Jordan Poole probably don't love him, but the players that are still there that didn't get punched in the face, Steve Kerr, Steph, Clay, like the nucleus of the guys, Andre Godala before he retired, Bob Myers before he left the GM. Like, I get it. Like everybody loves Draymond in there. He's their guy. They drafted him. He's homegrown. He fits what they do, the culture. I get it. But at some point, it's got to be like, damn, dude, like Steve Kerr gotta run out on the court and stop you from putting Rudy Gobert in the headlock. Really? Two minutes into the game, like, is, is his antics now worth what he brings to the table? Because, again, I just told y'all, his PER is below average. He gives you eight points, six rebounds, and four assists a game. I think the only reason that they re-signed him and brought him back is because they they whiffed on James Wiseman. If y'all remember a few years back, they drafted James Wiseman when they had the number one pick. That didn't work. And Jonathan Kaminga is not where they need him to be. Kaminga is younger. Kaminga is more athletic. Kaminga is cheaper. I think the only reason that Draymond stays around is because Stephen Clay, vouched for him. His IQ, he knows the system. But if Kaminga was up to speed defensively and his IQ, if he understood the game, between what Jonathan Kaminga does and what Kavon Looney does, I don't think you need Draymond anymore. Because Kavon Looney is an Man. This dude doesn't miss any games. He's played 82, 82, 82 every year. He got three rings. He's bigger than Draymond. He rebounds better than Draymond. Draymond can't defend one through five anymore because he's getting up there in age. So like I told y'all before, he just... He remind me of all my hoopers out there. You go to the park, you get on the court or open gym. It's always some old dude up there talking trash and fouling everybody. That's all he is to me. He the old dude on the court with the gray beard, fouling everybody and talking trash. That's all Draymond is at this point. He'll hit a shot here or there, set a couple of legal screens for, for Steph and Clay. But at the end of the day, if somebody is busting his ass on the court, he resorted to talking trash because he can't do nothing else. Case in point, Anthony Edwards. He was tr- talking trash to Anthony Edwards, trying to use the psychological game and it don't work on everybody. And, and Ant-Man showed him he wasn't the one and put up 30 on him. So the question to you guys, how long are the Warriors going to put up with Draymond Green and his antics? Are the antics outweighing the production? And I think they are. When we come back to the X Factor Sports Podcast Season 2 finale, we will get into the NFL. We're going to talk who are the contenders right now and who are the pretenders in the NFL going into Week 11. This is Jay Mondana, the X Factor Sports Podcast. We will be right back.
1: If you love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, don't wait any longer, subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today,
0: welcome back to the x-factor sports podcast this is jay mondain season two finale yes we are at the end of season two i'm glad you guys can tune in to all of the episodes again you can always subscribe to youtube and catch all the past episodes as well the youtube shorts you can go on TikTok and get the playlist of the x-factor sports takes as well if you miss any of these shows So the last monologue will definitely be on the X-Factor takes on TikTok as well. So let's get into it. The NFL, we are in the heart of the season, midway through. No better time than the season finale to talk about who are the contenders in the NFL and who are the pretenders, all right? We already know that the Chiefs, the Eagles, Dolphins, like the, the top tier teams, we already know those are the guys. And then we know the bottom tier teams, the draft pick teams, Bears, Panthers, Arizona, Giants. Like we already, Patriots, like we already know who are the bottom of the barrel. In in that regard, you only got three wins and we're in week 11. It is what it is, right? So we know that. It's those teams that are in the middle that we're not sure about. So I'm gonna touch on a few of those and let y'all know what the X Factor Sports podcast feels Are the pretenders and the contenders. All right. Start with the team. Of course, we want to start with. We just got some news about them this week the Buffalo Bills. All right. Buffalo Bills, 5 and 5, just lost to the Broncos on Monday Night Football. Just fired Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator. Josh Allen wasn't happy about it. He said, and I quote, this was him, not me. Coach wouldn't have got fired if we played better. So, telling y'all what it is they're not playing good football five and five bill parcell shout out to him you are what your record says you are they're a 500 team they're mediocre middle of the pack average after 10 games of football this season honestly i think their championship window has closed i think it closed a long time ago so i'm i'm saying all this to say that the bills are pretenders all right the championship window closed I think the championship window they had open was the one year they went to the AFC championship game and lost to the Chiefs. 13 seconds. Everybody remembers 13 seconds. Mahomes was like, man, look, that's enough time for me. Come on, y'all. Put the city on my back. We go to the Super Bowl. So I feel like that was the window that they had. That was the best team they had, offense, defense. They had the defensive coordinator they needed. They had their offensive coordinator. He ended up going to the Giants and being their head coach, became coach of the year last year. So I think that was the beginning of the end for the Bills. I see this team getting blown up. This team will look totally different next season. I'm not even sure that the head coach will be there, McDermott. They already let go of Ken Dorsey. That's a sign of letting you know things are not going well once you start seeing coordinators get fired midseason. That is the ownership in the front office telling you something. So that team is a pretender. And things don't look very good for them next season. Even moving forward, these next eight games, these last eight games, I should say, they still got to play Kansas City, Philly, and the Dolphins, and Dallas. (laughs) Even after going, you lose it to the Broncos on Monday Night Football is the least of your concern. You still got to play four of the best teams in football. And for that, they might not even, they might be at 500 end of the year. They might not even get the 500 the way they look now. I mean, they may be eight, they may be eight, nine or nine and eight, but judging by the way they have been playing, losing their coordinator with the Chiefs, Eagles, Dolphins, Cowboys still left to be played, tough sledding for them. So I got the Bills as pretenders. Next on the list them Dallas Cowboys. And I know all the Cowboys fans watching this, y'all having a good year so far, six and three, but I got to say y'all some pretenders, man. The Cowboys are pretenders. They do this to us every year. We get excited. We them boys, every time they win a game, they're up and down. You never know what you're going to get from the Cowboys. But one thing is for certain, once we get past Thanksgiving, things start spiraling. So I don't, think that the Cowboys, and when I say pretenders, it don't mean that they're not going to make the playoffs. They'll probably make the playoffs in the NFC. They won't win that division, but they'll they'll make the playoffs. But a divisional round exit seems clear in their future, Cowboy style. So they're front runners, man. Anytime the Cowboys win, all their fans come out, even the celebrity fans come out. All the sports shows talk about them all week, how great they are. Pat them on the back. They just beat the Giants by 40 again. Congratulations. And so that's two of their wins is beating the Giants twice. They've already, they can't play the Giants anymore the rest of the season, Cowboys fans. Y'all got to actually play real teams and win some big games. So with eight games left, their schedule is tough. They got the eighth toughest schedule remaining in the NFL. So they got a tough road ahead. They should, even if they win four out of the next eight, that puts them at what? 10 and seven. That'll get them in the playoffs in the NFC. Maybe they go 11 and six. But again, outside of that wild card game, I don't think they get past the division around. So I'm saying they pretend All right. They still got Seattle, Philly, at Buffalo, in the cold, at Miami, and Detroit. So the schedule does not get easy for them. And they got washed in the last game washington might be one of those in the hut teams all the way to the end of the year sam howell is actually playing good football washington actually looks pretty decent so divisional games are crazy you never know which way those will go so it's not gonna be easy for them going to buffalo in december obviously playing philly again so we'll see going to miami so dallas always looks good before turkey day Then they stumble after Turkey Day. I don't know if it's something in the water, what they eat down there, but never looks good after a while. So I think Dallas will lose at least three of those next eight games for sure. So I got them pretending out here. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everybody loves the Steelers. Mike Tomlin, Mr. Never Goes Under 500. Six and three right now, but it's fool's goal. They pretenders too. All right. Got three pretenders in a row. I don't think the Steelers make it very far. They don't have a quarterback. Their offense doesn't look good at all. They literally are just manufacturing and scraping up wins. If you watch them play against Green Bay on Sunday, everything about that game said that Green Bay should win. But the simple fact that they don't have their quarterback situation figured out either. And Pittsburgh was at home. They just happened to pull out a win, but... I don't think that lasts very long, but congratulations on being six and three, Steelers. But fools go; they're pretenders. I don't think they do anything this year. Uh, Tomlin, like I said, always finds a way to win. They still got to play the Browns, even though um, Deshaun Watson was just announced that he's got to have season-ending shoulder so, season-ending shoulder surgery. <laughs> Try to say that five times fast. So he will be out for the Browns. P.J. Walko will probably start the rest of the way. Pittsburgh still has to play them. They got the Bengals twice at Seattle and Baltimore. Tough sledding in the next eight games. We'll see what they do. They do still have two quality divisional wins, though. They beat the Browns. They beat the Ravens early in the year. I think those two teams want some paybacks. We'll see what happens there. But at 6-3, and I think this is the best we're going to see from the Steelers. These next eight games will be tough. I don't see anything happening with them. The Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions are contenders. Yes, they are. 7-2. and They are finding ways to win. They can beat you in the shootout. Or they can just flat out beat you. They showed you what they did on Sunday afternoon against the Chargers. And they were just going shot for shot with the Chargers. I mean... I think Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen may have arguably had their best game as a duo since Justin Herbert's been in the league and it still wasn't enough. (laughs) The Lions go out and just put up points. Whatever they need to do to beat you, if they need to put up 50, they will. If they need to put up 40, they will. Congratulations! shout out to Jared Goff. He's honestly been doing this since he was with the Rams. I remember that epic game in Mexico against the Chiefs when they put up 105 points. Jared Goff was the quarterback, the winning quarterback in that game. So he is no stranger to putting up points. I think that they are for real. They will win this division probably by Thanksgiving. The Vikings will make it look scary because Joshua Dobbs has won a couple games. As soon as somebody gets film on them, they're done. But the Lions look good. I mean, I was waiting for the, the shooter drop. Still hasn't after 10 games. Top five in passing and rushing. They have one of the easiest remaining schedules. That helps them to Play the Bears twice, the Vikings twice, Green Bay and Denver. (laughs) So, I mean, as far as winning percentages goes against their opponents, think they're in good shape. Just won a shootout on the road, and the coach got something to be mad about playing against the Bears on Sunday. Like, he can literally go into practice this week even though they just want to shoot out and say, we need to work on our defense. We need to get better. So a team is in a good position. You're in good shape. If you win games and your coach still find ways to get mad or manufacture anger to motivate players. So for that reason, I think the uh, the Detroit Lions for sure are contenders. I think they're in pretty good shape. Jacksonville Jaguars. Tough loss this week. They got stumped on by san francisco i think they just happened to be that was kind of a wrong place wrong time type of game to be honest the 49ers just lost three straight no debo samuel everybody just no trent williams everybody comes back fully healthy off a of bye. kyle shanahan has time to scout you watch tape i think jacksonville just kind of ran into a buzzsaw on sunday but they are contenders for sure six and three I think they win the South. I think they go. I think they definitely win a playoff game. May even have a shot at a divisional round. They are a tough matchup. Travis Etienne, all those guys, that crew. You got Evan Ingram at tight end. You got Calvin Ridley, a wide receiver, Christian Kirk. Like They got some weapons for sure. Defense is nice. They had a tough loss, but they have an easier remaining schedule than Detroit does. So that allows them to definitely win some games. Toughest games are the Browns and Ravens back-to-back. Then after that is smooth sailing. I can see Jacksonville winning 12 games this year, going 12-5. and So I think they're contenders for sure. Last but not least, Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and the crew. Five and four, man, but they look like pretenders to me. I don't think they have enough time to right the ship. That loss on Sunday, which I picked by the way, Texans beating the Bengals, that was a very, very, very tough loss for the Bengals. Just because of what they have going the rest of the way, that was a must win game. I think that game will prove to be a damning loss to them going down the stretch, especially to an AFC opponent and The Texans have the same record as them. So if in some crazy world, CJ Stroud leads the Texans to a wild card or where that game mattered, they actually have the head to head against the Bengals if the records are tied. So that was a big loss for the Bengals. All right. Everybody's waiting for this team to do it and they're not doing it. So we'll just have to see. Bengals have the toughest remaining schedule as well. They're at the Ravens tomorrow on Thursday night football, coming off a law, a bad loss. They got to turn back around on short rest to play a pissed-off Ravens team who had the game won against the Browns and gave it away at home. They got to go to Kansas City. They got the Steelers twice still. And they got to go to Jacksonville and they play the Browns again. Toughest schedule moving forward. The Bengals, they look cooked. <laughs> So I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they get in the playoffs. If they do, it'd be a miracle. Congratulations to Joe Burrow and them. If they do, we will be back with season three by the time that happens. But for right now, they look like pretenders to me. So that's what we got. Contenders and pretenders. You guys let me know if I missed a team or a team you want to show love to or a team you want to hate on. You let me know at the X Factor Sports Podcast. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and comment. When we come back, we will get to our favorite segment of the show, that bet that five-leg parlay with football. We'll be right back with the X-Factor Sports Podcast.
1: Season two of the X-Factor Sports Podcast is here. Be sure to tune in live every Wednesday night on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok for real unbiased sports talk. Jay Mondain is bringing a fresh new point of view on the sports world. You don't want to miss out. Subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today. Audio available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. The X Factor Sports Podcast. Real talk for real sports fans.
0: That background. Yo, yo, welcome back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast Season 2 Finale. Thank you guys for tuning in. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. Also, be sure to catch the audio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. We're everywhere, all right? X-Factor Sports Podcast. We are into that segment that everybody loves the bet that segment, and just to give y'all a little bit of uh, follow-up on last week's bet that, that five-leg parlay, we did hit all five of those parlays, by the way, thank you very much, what I'm gonna start doing is letting y'all know how we did on the parlays when we do bet that, we did get KU and Duke winning straight up, we got the Texans winning as well, so let's get to this five-leg parlay, all right? In college football, we got Oregon at Arizona State. Spread looks crazy. 23 and a half point spread for Oregon. I'm going to go ahead and take Oregon to cover this spread. Now, I know I usually don't do spreads in college sports at all. My motto is usually F them kids when it comes to spreads. (laughs) For me, it's usually over-unders or money line. But I'm feeling a little frisky this week. I think Oregon will win and cover this 23 and a half. Oregon covers. They're 3 and 0 in away games against the spread. They're 3 and 0 in away games as favorites. I'm going to go ahead and say they go 4 and 0 and beat Arizona, make a statement. I think they are on a mission. They are trying to get in this college football playoff. So they got to beat everybody in their path and I think Arizona State is just next in line. The next leg of the parlay, we got Washington at Oregon State. Believe it or not, Washington are two-point underdogs going into Oregon State. So I'm going to take Washington in the upset, if you want to call it that, a team that's you know top five in the country and undefeated is an underdog, but neither here nor there. It's a conference game or division game, I understand it. So I'm actually taking Washington on the money line to win this game on the road. Oregon, like I said, Oregon State, two and a half point favorites, but Washington not great against the spread, but they've won every game, so that's why I'm not taking them to cover, I'm just taking them straight up to win this game, all right, so go ahead and take Washington straight up on the road to win this game, again, they're trying to push their way into the college football playoff as well, and they know this is a big pivotal game this time of year, you can't have any slip-ups, I think they win this one out after having a tough game on Saturday. All right. Third one we got is another NCAA football game. We got UNC at Clemson. Again, another game where the ranked team on the road are underdogs. And not only is Clemson favored to beat Carolina, they're favored to beat them by six and a half, which is crazy. So I'll make this a pick them. This can be a viewer's choice. You can take Clemson to cover or UNC to cover, but I'm just going to take UNC to beat them straight up. So we're going to get some surprising bets this week. If you want to be safe, you can take UNC to cover the spread, but I'm taking UNC straight up to beat them. I don't think Clemson's a touchdown favorite over anybody this season. So I'm going with UNC. I can't believe I'm saying this, that I got UNC actually winning at something, but I'm going to take them to go straight up. All right. Drake May is a Heisman candidate. This is a big game for him to win as an underdog on the road in prime time in an ACC battle. I got UNC going straight up. Now we switch over to the NFL. Fourth leg of the parlay. We got the Jets against Buffalo. We just talked about how Buffalo is spiraling out of control. Just lost their offensive coordinator. Playing against one of the best defensive teams in football on Sunday. And believe it or not, after the, after Ken Dorsey got fired, this spread might have changed, but I locked it in at seven points. So they actually have the Jets as seven-point underdogs after what they did to Buffalo in week one. I'm taking the Jets to cover, all right? The Jets will not lose by a touchdown to the Bills. Jets play great defense against the Bills. Check this stat out. Since Josh Allen has been in the league against the Jets, his passer rating is 79. He has nine touchdowns to 10 interceptions not very good odds to beat a team by a touchdown when you play like that His touchdown, to the turnover ratio is less than one so i'm going with the jets to cover like i said don't know if they'll win the game but i don't think they'll lose by a touchdown so go with that last one on the list we got the eagles and the chiefs monday night football i believe and i got the eagles to win straight up all right we are taking the money line On the Eagles, both teams coming off a bye. Both teams are prepared for this game. And I believe the Eagles win. They want a little payback. Not on the same level as a Super Bowl, but I think they want to make a statement. This will be a litmus test for them. Kind of measure where they are this season playing against the Chiefs. I think this is a litmus test for the Chiefs as well. This is going to be a great game. That's why I cannot pick a spread or any spread to cover. But I'll tell you what. Vegas believes that this game is even as well. They only have the Chiefs as three-point favorites at home. In the NFL and pro football, if you're a three-point favorite at home, that's basically Vegas telling you that this is an even game, we can't pick it. And because of that, I think the Eagles win this game on the road. Believe it or not, the Chiefs actually play better on the road than at home this year. And because of that, the Eagles, I think they're gonna come in and they wanna make a statement. So again, not the same magnitude, But there's a litmus test here, and I think for the last couple weeks, they have been waiting for this game. They circled it on their calendar. I think they come out and win the game. It will be a close one, but I got the Eagles pulling it out. So that's my parlay for the five legs. Go ahead and take Oregon State to cover the 23 and a half. Get the money line with Washington over Oregon State. Take the money line with UNC over Clemson, even though they are six-point underdogs. Take them to win straight up or viewer's choice if you want to just pick them to cover. I'm taking the money line. Go ahead and lay the seven on the Jets. The Jets will cover that touchdown spread against Buffalo. And last but not least, the Bills straight up against the Chiefs. Again, the X Factor Sports Podcast. We are not a betting bookie service. We are not Vegas, but we love two-place bets, and we love to talk about them parlays. So go ahead and go to wherever you go to place those bets and just make sure you get that parlay in, all right? When we come back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast, we are going to get into the NBA. We got some surprise teams, whether they're good surprises or bad surprises. We're going to talk about five teams early on in the season that are surprising us. This is Jay Mondane of the X-Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back.
1: If you love sports and want to stay informed about the latest news and content, then you've got to check out this podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast is the ultimate source for your favorite sports news and analysis. This host covers all kinds of sports, you'll always be able to find something interesting to listen to. Plus, the podcast is highly entertaining and will keep you on the edge of your seat every time. So, Don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the X Factor Sports Podcast today.
0: Yo, yo. Welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast Season 2 Finale here on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. Thank you guys for tuning in. We are at the segment for NBA. Let's talk some NBA, some basketball. We got some surprise teams this year, good or bad. They are surprises to us. So we're going to talk about them, all right? Number one on the list, of course, the LA Clippers. The Clippers are an unpleasant surprise to me. We talked about it early on in the quick news. They are 3-7, and and 0-6 on the road. They don't look good with James Harden. The chemistry is not there yet. Again, early on in the season, they should pick it up. I'm I'm positive that they're going to figure it out. But right now, they are an unpleasant surprise. They don't look great at all. Kawhi and PG are healthy, and they still don't look good. So that's something they need to fix. I know Steve Ballmer wanted to make a splash with getting James Harden because he is opening a new arena in Englewood next year. So you got to have something for the fans to be interested in. But they are not seeing the results early. And this offseason, you got players that are going to want the max. And I don't know how you get Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, and Paul George max dollars in this salary cap. So be interested to see what happens, but it ain't looking good right now. Number two, we are surprised, pleasantly surprised by the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers look great starting off. They are number one in points per game, field goal percentage, and they're number two in three-point percentage. The offense looks good. They put up so many points. The last couple weeks, I've been looking at the box score. I've been thinking these games have been in overtime, 140 points, 135. This is regulation. They just score. Tyrese Halliburton, the way they push the ball, they just want to outscore everybody. They look good. Number one in assists as well. Best offense in the league so far. So pleasantly surprised by the Indiana Pacers. Looking great. In that number three, we have the Phoenix Suns. Another unpleasant surprise. They have not figured it out yet with the big three. Bill, Book, and KD. Booker's been in and out of the lineup. So is Bradley, Bill. So they're going to take some time to get chemistry going. It's 82 games. Takes time, but they don't look good so far. Four and six. One and four on the road this season already, so they definitely need a road trip where they can build some camaraderie and get it together. Like I said, Booker being injured in and out of the lineup doesn't look good. The defense is awful, and Frank Vogel is supposed to be a defensive guy. <laughs> so that's what I'm worried about. You one and four on the road, your defense isn't traveling. Vogel's a defensive guy. Maybe he can't implement some of his defensive stuff because it's top guys haven't been in the lineup, but the Suns don't look great right now. So hopefully they get that figured out. At number four, this team I like. And I didn't think I was going to like them because of the two bigs. They got Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns, but they look good, the Minnesota Timberwolves. I, we have been surprised by them. Pleasant surprise. Very impressed. Look really good. Like I said, beat the Warriors twice already. Anthony Edwards looks elite this year. Okay, they're good players. They are all-stars, guys that are fringe all-stars, having a nice season. And then there are these guys in the league that look elite. And Anthony Edwards looks like that. Yeah, I know it's early, but that, that summer playing FIBA basketball did a lot for him. I mean, this dude, he can pull up from anywhere. His game is smooth. He's a dog. He attacks the rim. He plays like a combination of Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell to me. And what I mean by that is the athleticism of Donovan Mitchell. Like, he'll punch it on anybody. And Donovan Mitchell is kind of smooth. He's got in and out, pull-up game, mid-range, pull-up for three. And then KD getting to his spots, getting whatever shots he wants, using his shoulders to get separation. Like, Ant-Man. And I think the the Minnesota Timberwolves have finally figured out, like, he is the guy. So we're going to push him to the forefront. And Carl Anthony Towns, Jaden McDaniels, all these other guys, Rudy Gobert are going to play around him because he looks great this year, like elite. He is playing some elite basketball, so I'm very impressed. Second best record in the league so far, and they're first in defensive rebounding, obviously because of the size. But if you can rebound and play defense and you got an elite score, you're doing good things in the NBA. For sure. So congrats to the Timberwolves. So far, so good. Last but not least, the 76ers look great. I was worried about that trade, wondering what was going to happen with the 76ers, worrying what was going to happen with Joel Embiid, if he was going to be happy or not. And so far, it's turning out good. Embiid looks like an MVP still. I think they finally found their number two guy in Tyrese Maxey. I talked about this early in the season. That is James Harden is he stunned the growth of Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese just put up 50 points the other night. He's showing you that he can be that guy. So I think that the 76ers with those two, that one-two punch of Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid look good right now in the Eastern Conference. So so far, so good. Top five in points, rebounds and blocks, defensive rebounds and blocks. Again, In a league where defense isn't really seen, if you are a team that's top five in points and you're top five in defensive rebounding and blocks, you're doing something good. So congrats to Nick Nurse. They have the chemistry already with that team. I think they just need to get that stench of that beard out of there. And now they look good moving forward. So congrats to them. So those are my five teams in the NBA that are surprising me right now, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant. Flippers, Pacers, Suns, T-Wolves, and the 76ers. You guys let me know what teams are impressing you, what teams are you surprised by, whether it be pleasant or unpleasant. We always like to get the feedback and, and reply back to you guys on the X-Factor Sports Podcast. When we come back, we will get into our final and last two minutes of the season. You don't want to miss this season two two-minute finale, this X-Factor Sports Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Mondane. This is season two, the finale. I want to thank all you guys for tuning in, everybody watching the show these last two seasons. It's been fun. It's been a pleasure to do the show. I get the most joy out of doing these two minutes. So let me give you the two minute warning of the season. All right. Question for you guys How do you celebrate the holidays? As we're getting into holiday season, I want to know how you guys celebrate it. Do you celebrate with loved ones? Do you celebrate with friends? Do you do a Friendsgiving? Do you just kind of hang out with people you want to be around with, friends or whatnot? Um, Do you sit around and watch a bunch of sports like this guy? Do you spend your time alone? Reflection or, you know, unfortunately, you may not have loved ones or you might not have somebody to be around. But how do you celebrate your holidays? Do the holidays mean anything to you? No, that's a question for everybody you know people have different religions different likes different dislikes maybe the holiday is just another day however you celebrate it maybe you got to go to work so you don't think about it but as i get older i don't celebrate the holidays as much as i used to or the way i used to me and moms was talking about that the other day how we loved christmas she missed how we celebrated christmas you know we I told her, I was like, I know we don't run down the stairs and have those ashy knees no more opening up presents on Christmas day. But we used to miss those days. We look forward to them being together. And I was proud that I knew my mom bust her ass to get us, all five of us, gifts. So that was special to us. That held a special place in my heart that my mom was able to do that, come through every year, make sure we had our Christmas Captain Crunch, all that. So. That was the way we celebrated. But as we get older, we move, you know, things happen in our life, work, whatever, relationships. Things change. So now when you look at it, it's turned into like a hallmark holiday. All these holidays are turned into hallmark days. Society wants you to believe that if you spend enough money, like you, if you haven't spent enough money, you haven't had a good holiday. I don't believe in any of that. To me, it's about spending time with people you care about, doing the things you want to do and being happy in that time. If you got time off work, relaxing, chilling the way I like to do it is I like to chill, I want to eat good food, have a nice good have some nice drinks, cigars, relax, watch sports, be with the people I like to hang out with. I like doing it like that. Family. That's how I like to celebrate. So the holidays for me are about doing what you enjoy. With the people you like being around. Simple as that. So, if that means going to parties, that means eating good food, going on trips, staying home and eating food, or being traditional, Christmas, Carolyn, opening gifts, you know, doing things with the family, whatever it is that you like to do, it should be a time where you get to enjoy what it is you've done all year fruits of your labor, what have you, and re- relax and rest, you know? Truly enjoy the day. That's what. That's the way I look at holidays now as I get older. I truly enjoy the day, all right? So that's what I look forward to, is enjoying the day and relaxing. That's what the point is. What's the point in working so hard if you don't have time designated for you to enjoy yourself? There's something to think about when you think about the holidays am i setting aside time to just enjoy the day that's how i look at it i appreciate you guys for tuning in to the x-factor sports podcast i want to thank y'all for stopping by everybody for season two special shout outs i do this every season at the end i want a special thanks to yo kev coop diddy barbara aj Wildy, zig heck nation and smoke Appreciate y'all for always tuning in. A. Curry, always. My TikTok fans over there, Basic BasicBKT, of course. Don't even pay attention to sports. She just likes to support me. She likes and shares everything. Appreciate that, always for sharing. Lil' Cuz Mimi, appreciate you as always on TikTok as well. Candy, my boy Tone. Heather and Brian for always liking all the little snippets and tuning in as well. And the Belks. And last but not least, of course, Ms. D. The show wouldn't matter or would not be together without her. She makes this thing go. I'm just the guy in front of the camera talking crazy, talking sports. She does all the graphics, everything, all the input. Appreciate Ms. D. You guys appreciate and thank Ms. D for making this show possible, for all her support. I love her the most. RIP to my boy, Mr. Westside himself. Mr. Westside Hoops, Tom Tom, rest in peace, boy. Rest up. Appreciated the time of meeting you, being around you, hanging out with you, playing ball, competing against you. We'll always remember you, my guy. Shout out to the Westside. Thank you, guys. We'll see you soon. Season three of the X Factor Sports Podcast coming soon. We are out. Peace.